Good morning, Rabotai. Good morning. <clears throat> Our parasha begins, in If you follow in my rules, chukim are always, they define something that has no logic. A chok is something that we don't do because God told us, this is why I want you to do something. Hashem says, do this. Like they say, someone tells you, I will tell you to jump. You say, how high? And if you will guard my mitzvot, you will do them. Rashi famously says on this pasuk, if you walk with my, uh, with my uh, chukim, maybe this means, you would have thought that this means to fulfill the mitzvot, because it says, if you walk with my chukim, with my uh, statutes. Once it says in the immediately next, in the next words, immediately, Et mitzvotai tishmor, you'll guard my mitzvot. Harekiyu mitzvot amur. Keeping the mitzvot is now said. So, what do, amani mekayem mechukotai telechu? How do I fulfill? What does bechukotai telechu mean? And this is the words of Rashi. <clears throat> what does it refer to? It refers to shetihiyu amelim b'Torah. That you should be, you should toil in Torah. There's no better word for amelim. Means you should, you should work in Torah. You should. Toil, you should struggle in Torah, okay? That's what imbechukotai telechu means. So the parasha that begins by telling you that there's going to be all sorts of blessings, one, what do we see? That idea is, it's referring to toiling in Torah. Then, of course, keeping the mitzvot as it carries on. But the first thing it mentions for a sign of biracha is the work that a person, the sweat that a person puts into the study of Torah. On the flip side, in just a few pesukim, the Torah gives you the other side of the coin. And if the opposite of going, you'd have thought is not going. But the opposite pasuk says, If in my statutes, you reject, you find them disgusting. Then brings the entire parasha, all the difficult challenges, all the curses, all the horrible things that happen to Am Yisrael when we reject our destiny and we try to be like everybody else. Rabutai, I want to draw a bead on this specific idea of shetihiyu amelim b'Torah, that one should be a toil in Torah. The simple understanding that most people have is that the function of yigi'ah, of toil in Torah, is to achieve, is to get to a destination where you understand what the Torah is telling you. So the hard work, the purpose of it is what? What's the ideal? The ideal is the knowledge of the Torah. The work that you put in is only to achieve the desired goal of knowledge of Torah. But actually, in actual fact, that's not the case. Why? Number one, we know. We say when we finish a Masechet. When a person finishes a Masechet of Gemara, we say, Anu Amelim, same word, Vehem Amelim. We toil and they toil. Anu Amelim, Mekabelim Sechar. We work and we receive pay. Vehem Amelim, and they work. They do not receive reward. The famous question is asked, what are you talking about? The whole world works and the whole world gets paid. They have payday just like we do. What does it mean we work and we get paid? We work and get paid and they work and they don't get paid. The Mifarshim explained that the pay that you get in the world is only when you fulfill your job. If you work but didn't fulfill your job, you get paid? Of course not. You would show me the money, show me the goods, show me the show you the money. If you don't, if you didn't achieve what it was that you were set out to achieve, your objectives, your goals, that which they outlined for you, it doesn't matter how hard you worked. You didn't, you didn't, uh, you didn't fulfill the contract. Rabotai, with Torah, it's not like that. 
Shetiu amelim Torah means that you struggle through Torah, you get paid for that. Now, I think when most people hear this idea, they think, wow, okay. So it's kind of like Hashem is like a daddy boss. You know, some people get hired because of merit, and some people get hired because of nepotism. If you get hired because of nepotism, it doesn't matter what time you turn up in the office, because daddy's paying you because he wants to pay you, not because he needs you to do the job that he would hire someone else to do. So, so long as you're not messing it up royally, he's going to pay you anyway. So we look at it, we think, oh, that's what Hashem is paying us for. You work hard, you don't understand it, it's above your head, it's, you know, it's not something that you get. Still, the halacha is, you're still going to get paid. No, it's a giant mistake. The point of amelut Torah, of struggling in Torah, is not to understand it. The point of the struggle is the struggle. And let me give you an example. The mashal is brought by the Tziyunet Torah, a magnificent example. He says there was a man who goes to the hospital and Hazit, the guy is working nonstop for decades. His heart is, you know, in the tatters. His, he has the liver and the kidneys of a 75-year-old man. The guy says to him, listen, if you don't cut back on your food, if you don't exercise every day at least one hour, he says, I can promise you that by the time that you're 40, you'll have died of a heart attack. The guy, he's shaken. So he decides that's it, he's changing his routine. Every day, he's going to get up and he's going to walk the one hour it takes for him to get from his house to his work. And he starts one day, the guy has, he's, uh, he's almost passing out, from, he's wheezing, he walks the hour, he comes in, he's sweating. Everyone gives him this look, you know, okay. He comes in, he's sweating, he towels off, he starts the day. Second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day. After a week goes by, one of his... Uh, one of his workers comes to him and he says, you know, boss, I see you coming in. You're sweating bullets. You know, what's going on? And he says, look, you know, I walk to work. It's about an hour, hour's walk. So I'm not used to the exercise. That's why I'm, I'm overheating. So the guy says to him, boss, that's, that's crazy. You know, I'd, I'll give you a ride. The guy says, no, I, I don't need a ride. Thank you very much. The guy says, don't worry. It's no bother. I'm passing right by your house. It's very easy for me to give you a ride. The guy says, no, no, thank you very much. It's fine. He says, really boss, I, I see you coming. The boss says, you don't understand. I'm not walking because I don't have a car. I'm not walking because I, I can't pay for Uber. I'm not walking because no one offered me a ride. I'm walking because I need to walk. If you eliminate that walk and drive me here, then I, then I will not have achieved the aim of the walk. The aim of the Amelut Torah is the struggle in Torah. It's not getting the understanding. If you got the understanding without the work, you don't have it. Let me explain. If I was a very good speaker and I was capable of communicating ideas in Torah that you could sit back, sipping on your pina colada and you understood it, you know what would happen? You'd grasp the idea here in your head, but the idea will not have penetrated your heart. It's when someone's heart rate is increased, when their body is invested, when they're sweating over, when they're struggling over something. That's why when someone asks a question and you struggle with the question and it bothers you, the Friday night questions, and then eventually you get an answer the next day, people tell me, why don't you just give us an answer already? The answer is because the point is for it to bother you. That's why the word for question, kushya, shares the concept of kashya, it's hard. When something is unresolved, I don't understand, it's difficult. That point right there when someone is struggling with something, that's where the gold dust of Torah is. And that's why, just like in the Mashal, that the point was the walking. The word that the Torah uses in Bechukotai, Telechu. You need the journey, you need to walk. If you don't have that, then the understanding that you have is shallow. It doesn't penetrate deep inside. Rabotai, I want to share with you something that I, thought, that I found was very, very beautiful. 
There was a man whose name was Rav Leib Box. He was a tremendous teacher, a tremendous Rosh Yeshiva. And he remembers once that he was sitting by the Or Sameach, tremendous, the Mayor Simcha of Dvinsk. Someone, by the way, who, uh, uh, um, uh, who predicted everything that was going to happen in Germany a uh, hundred years before. He writes that this is, this is going to gonna come, it's going to come to Germany, specifically from here. It's frightening if you ever see it in Or Sameach. However, they're sitting down and they're working on a Tosafot and they're breaking their heads and they just don't get it. So he says, you know what, if we're not getting it, he says, I think it, it must be that it's time we have to pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay, says Reb Leib, Reb Leib understood. He says, it says in the Gemara, if a person wants Chochmah, Yivakesh mimisha Chochmah shelo. He should ask from the one who Chochmah belongs to him. So he thought, I, okay, fantastic, we're all going to have Kavanah now. Ask Hashem to give us understanding. V'ha'er enenu b'toratecha. You know, open up our eyes, lighten our eyes with your Torah. I understood if we would ask for wisdom, for understanding. He says, but Rav Meir Simcha did not ask us to pray that. He asked us to pray and to have in mind and to say the to prayers of, uh, of love of Torah. Of the love of Torah. Isn't that unbelievable? The rabbi said, Rabbi, I understand. That's what's missing. We're sitting over here. We're trying our best to learn the Torah. We're sweating in the Bet Midrash. You know, we could be doing a lot of other things. What's lacking is in our Ahavat Torah, in our love of Torah, and not in our understanding of Torah. Why are we not praying for understanding? Rav Meir Simcha told him, you know, you have sometimes mothers who they need to go to, go to work. They need to help out in the family uh, with the Parnassah, or they might need to go out and do something in Erin. So what do they do? They take their baby, and they bring it to the next door neighbor, their friend, and they say, would you mind watching the baby for an hour? The woman says, okay, no problem. She goes, does the errand, comes back after an hour. The woman looks, you ever see that? When the, uh, you give your baby to someone, come back, it looks like there was a hurricane. Their hair is messy, their eyes are like, you know, and the kid is crying. The kid did not stop crying from the moment you left. The baby's crying, I tried a bottle, I tried this, I tried that. Nothing I could try lying the kid down, covering it, maybe it was too hot, maybe it was too cold, nothing worked. Here, take your baby, she says. The mother, picks up the baby, puts the baby over the shoulder, starts patting the back, and all of a sudden the baby <coughs> burps. What happens? All of a sudden the pressure in the stomach is relieved. The, the, the other mother says, I don't understand. How did you know what to do? Where, where did you, how did you realize in two seconds what it was? Rav Meir Simcha explained that the reason why the mother or a father of a child can figure out, even from another room, what the baby's crying about is because the love that they have defines this close connection. Like it says, Ubar Yerech Imo, the child, it's like the mother's thigh, it's a part of her body. Bera Avua, a son is like the leg of his dad. There's such a strong connection that we can intuit, we can feel what's wrong. Sometimes a person is trying to look logically, well, what does the baby need? What's going on? What time is it? Maybe it didn't eat, maybe it didn't that. And logically, it's impossible to work it out. But when a person has that soul or heart connection with someone, then they're able to intuit what's going on, what's, what's really bothering somebody. I think sometimes we have this with our children, with our spouses. Something's wrong and you're sitting down and you're asking, what is it, honey? What's the matter? And you're not understanding. You keep asking questions and it doesn't. Sometimes what it takes is to pause for a second, to channel in, to dial in to the love that you have for that person. To tell them, I love you. Tell me whatever's wrong, whatever's the matter, I'll try my best to help you. And then to listen. 
not just with your ears, but with your heart, with your very soul. They sat down, they prayed, they sat down again, and they worked out the Tosafot. Rabotai, I learned from this something tremendous. If a person needs to love Torah, that's why it says, "En Adam lomed The Rabbi Yehuda, he used to teach the Mishnayot out of order, it says. He would learn this Masechet of Gemara, then he would learn that Masechet. Then he would go over here, he didn't do them in order. And why? Tosafot says in Baba Kama, because he knew, in Adam Lomei, the person does not learn, unless, unless he's learning what his heart desires. Only what his heart wants, that's what he's going to learn. Now I realize what he means. It's not as some kid, a spoiled kid. That's not the kid, but the point is. Rabbi Uda understood that if their heart was on fire, if they, if they loved what they were learning, if they were interested in it, then they'd be able to understand it. They understand it, even if they sat in front of the same Gemara for the same hours, but they were in the mood for Kiddushin and not for uh, Yivamot, then that was going to penetrate and that was going to work. In Adam Lomed, So Rabotai, we have two choices in front of us. The Pasuk says something cryptic, and I want to give it you a chidush. The Pasuk says, at the end of all of the curses, when it says that the Jewish people will return, and they'll do teshuvah, and Hashem will turn it around, and He'll remember Eretz Israel, and He'll remember the avot, and He'll remember the love that He has for the Jewish people. The Pasuk says, These are the chukim, the statutes, and the laws, and the Torahs. That God gave between him and the Jewish people on Mount Sinai in front of Moshe. What does it mean, the Torahs, plural? Rashi brings down, in the name of the Sifra, Rashi says, Torot means the Torah Shebekhtav, the written Torah, and the Torah Shebaalpeh. That's why it says plural, Torot, when we know we only have one Torah. However, the Adelet Eliyahu brings down, those are the midrashim. Listen to this. God gave two Torahs to the Jews because it says plural. Look at what Rashi says. Now listen to what the Vilnagon continues and he says. Were only two Torot given to the Jewish people. Many Torot were given to the Jews. Zot Torah Ta'ola. says in the Torah. This is the Torah of the Ola. Vizot Torah Ta'mincha. This is the Torah of the Mincha. Vizot Torah Ta'asham. This is the Torah of the Asham. Vizot Torah Zevachashalamim. Zot Torah Adam Kemut Ba'oel. So you see that many times in the Torah, the Torah uses the word the Torah of. And I thought to myself, once I saw this Rabbi Akiva that the Vilna Gaon brings down to explain why it says Zot, the Torot, the Torot plural, I understood something else. In our tefillah and in our liturgy, we have many different descriptive terms and adjectives that are added to the word Torah. We have Torat Chesed Al-Leshona. That means that there's a Torah of Chesed. We have Ki Torah Torat Emet. Torat emet that means there's a Torah of emet. Of course, all Torah is emet. But there's a Torah of emet. There's a Torah of chesed. There's a Torah, as we find as well, Torah Hayim, which is a Torah of life that pulsates with life. Lots of us resonate with different types of Torah. And of course, 
on the surface level, a person, like we said, is only going to learn Torah. They're only going to struggle in Torah when the Torah, when that struggle is something that really interests them. You know when you come across something in the Chumash and all of a sudden you're so interested, you look at it, you look at other commentators, you ask people the question, because that's what I like, that's what I want to learn. Rabotai, 100%, as we said, that's the Torah you're going to struggle in. That's the Torah you're going to acquire. However, I want you to imagine, Rabotai, I want you to imagine as an adult saying something that we said as children. As children, we said to our parents, I don't like this medicine. I want that one. Remember the little Flintstone vitamins loaded with enough sugar to kill a horse? I want the Flintstone vitamins. Remember Triaminic? That orange syrup flavor for a cough that tasted also like straight sugar. All the kids love that one. You don't have to write my medicine. What does a kid say? Don't like it. Now it's true that the Torah that you don't like, you're not going to toil in, you're not going to bring it on board. But who loses if you just remain in that state where you only learn the Torah that you love? There's all these other medicines that you're not taking that you need, that your soul needs, that your family needs you to take, that your community needs you to take, that the whole world needs you to have taken. But I'm not going to take it and I won't absorb it unless I love it. So what do I have to do? I have to develop a love. Sometimes you have people who, someone in their family, a child, marries someone they don't like. You know, up until the point that your daughter or your son marries that person, you could say to your child, look, I gotta tell you the truth, I don't know, I'm not sure I like them. But once they get married, you better figure out how to love your son or daughter-in-law. You better figure out how to love your grandkids, even if it's not natural. Because that's an obligation. It's your responsibility. In order for the situation, for the environment around you to be healthy and happy. If you get, you're dating someone and you, you, know, you don't get along with your mother-in-law, figure that out. Because otherwise it will be poison in your life for the rest of your life that there's a, a, a problem between you and, uh, and your mother-in-law and your father-in-law. God, God forbid. Rabotai, that's what the Torah is telling us here. Not just that you should be amel but that this is something that you're going to need to work on before you get to work on the Torah. Have to figure out, how do I access this? And it might not be your favorite subject, but know this, it is the struggle in Torah in all of its topics that creates a perfect being. If there's one bit that you're missing, that's one part of yourself that will remain underdeveloped in this world and in the next. May God bless us to have that hunger. May we pray for that hunger. May God bless us to be able to access all of the different types of Torah that God graced and blessed our world with. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen. Rabbi Chananya.